there. It is Eric Erickson here. Across the nation, the phone number is 877-972-7425. Yeah, what is it? 973-7425. Confuse myself with my own phone number. That's not good. In any event, you can call into the program. I am very happy to have you. You can always go to EWErickson.com. You can get the 24-7 live stream. We've got a live stream for just 12 to 3. You can call into the program, 877-973-7425. You can also, if you go to EWErickson.com, you'll see a red, uh, red button that says subscribe to my daily email. You should be doing that anyway. I want to talk about a topic that... I guess we're not supposed to actually talk about. Um, let's see. I gotta. I gotta. I gotta pull it up because it's 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 not just me. It's not just me. There's a growing fear about monkeypox in the country. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention are advising travelers to wear masks. To protect against monkeypox, it has raised its alert level. There are 31 cases in the United States, seven in New York and six in California and around the rest of the country, the District of Columbia, Georgia, Hawaii, Massachusetts, Pennsylvania, Virginia, and Washington all have at least one confirmed case. Florida has four. Colorado has three. Two in Illinois and Utah. New York has the most confirmed cases with seven. California has six. The White House has distributed more than 1,200 vaccines for the viral disease. Now, there's not actually a monkeypox vaccine per se. There's the smallpox vaccine that works against it, is my understanding. Uh, avoid eating and preparing meat from wild game or using products derived from wild game from Africa. The CDC says wear a mask. It helps protect you allegedly and avoid contact with sick people, including those with skin lesions or genital lesions and steer clear of dead or live wild animals, including rats, squirrels, and monkeys. They're suddenly taking this super serious. Are they not? Um, I got to read you an associated press report because this isn't getting talked about very much. This is from the associated press. A leading advisor to the World Health Organization described the unprecedented outbreak of monkeypox in developed countries as a random event that appears to have been caused by sexual activity at two recent raves in Europe. Dr. David Heyman, who formerly headed the World Health Organization's Emergencies Department told the Associated Press that the leading theory to explain the spread of the disease was sexual transmission at raves held in Spain and Belgium. Monkeypox has not previously triggered worldwide outbreaks beyond Africa, where it is endemic in animals. We know monkeypox can spread where there is close contact with the lesions of someone who is infected, and it looks like sexual contact has now amplified that transmission. The marks This marks a significant departure from the disease's typical pattern of spread in Central and Western Africa, where people are mainly infected by animals like wild rodents and primates and outbreaks that have uh, not spilled across borders. Health officials said most of the known cases in Europe have been among men, who have had sex with other men, but anyone can be infected through close contact with a sick person, their clothing, or bedsheets. 
Scientists say it will be difficult to disentangle whether the spread is driven by sex or close contact. There is an additional theory about a pride event in the Canary Islands where people went before going to the raves in uh, the European countries. On Monday, the European Center for Disease Prevention and Control Director Andrea Amon said the likelihood of further spread of the virus through close contact, for example, during sexual activities among persons with multiple sexual partners, is high. There are cases in in Canada, Spain, Israel, France, Switzerland, the United States, and Australia. On Monday, Denmark announced its first case, and Portugal has 37 cases. Italy reportedly has one further infection, and Britain has added 37 cases. Germany has four confirmed cases linked to exposure at party events where sexual activity took place in the Canary Islands in Berlin. If you want to avoid monkey sex, don't go to orgies. I mean, at this point, it has spread to the point where people who have gone to the orgies have come back and had sex with other people and given it to them. It's not a sexually transmitted disease, much like uh, smallpox and chickenpox. It comes from being in close contact with people. Well, it's hard not to touch someone when you're having sex with them, and that's what's actually happening. They haven't wanted to talk about it in that way because the reason is because they don't want to spread rampant homophobia like with the AIDS situation in the 1980s, claiming that it's some sort of sexually transmitted disease. Monkeypox is not a sexually transmitted disease. However, it is is spreading right now because people have very close contact when they're having intimate relationships. In this situation, it appears to mostly overwhelmingly be gay men. In fact, uh, Madrid's senior health official said Monday, the Spanish capital has 30 confirmed cases. They are investigating links between a gay pride event in the Canary Islands, which drew 80,000 people and cases at a sauna in Madrid. To put it more bluntly, a bunch of gay men were in the Canary Islands at a Pride event, had sexual relations with each other. Someone there was infected with monkeypox. More than one person had sex with that person. These people then got infected and went to a gay bathhouse in Madrid where they encountered tourists and they had sex in the sauna and they began spreading it that way. You can understand why they're trying to downplay the angle of gay men having sex in various places because you don't want people to think that only gay people get this because it's not true, nor do you want people to think that uh, it comes through sexual contact because it comes through uh, touching another person regardless of where you touch them once they're infected. But you can also see why the media has tiptoed around the story, can you not? Because they have really tiptoed around the story Oh, I've read the stories. I've read them from most of the Associated Press reports of late. I've read them from the American Press reports. I've read them from the news outlets. Uh, You don't really hear them talking about uh, monkeypox is spreading around the Western world because of a bunch of gay pride events in Europe that a bunch of tourists went to from around the world. They had a bunch of raves, sex, and got monkeypox. And now it's spreading more because people, it takes some days to figure out whether or not they're infected. And so the result is that the CDC is back on wearing masks. I, I note to self uh, and to all of you, uh, when the COVID first came out, the CDC said, well, you get it off, off surfaces. We, we've got neighbors who you could watch them. They would get all their groceries delivered, letting the Instacart people potentially get infected at the time thought. 
leave the groceries on their front porch, and then they'd spray everything down with Lysol. Saw this repeatedly. Turns out that you're not going to get COVID from surfaces. In fact, all of the clean theater that a lot of businesses are going through, originally people, the scientists, did think we could get it off surfaces. The problem is that the studies were super high concentrations of COVID. In general, you're not going to get COVID off a surface. You're not going to get it off a doorknob. You're not going to get it off a door handle. You're not going to get it off a counter. You're not going to get it off a product at the grocery store. You're not going to get it off the grocery off the grocery scanners. You're not going to get COVID from surfaces. But monkeypox, monkeypox, you can get from touching someone else, just like COVID. You're not going to get monkeypox from touching a counter. But you can get monkeypox from touching another person, just like you can COVID, but more so with monkeypox. And so wearing your mask isn't going to do you much good if you're touching someone who has monkeypox, which is where all of this has come from. My frustration with this story is that major media outlets are rushing to freak people out about monkeypox. The Associated Press... In its subsequent stories, the one I read to you tying all of this stuff together was from May 23rd. In the subsequent stories, very few of them want to talk about where the monkeypox has come from and how it is spreading. Potential cases of the virus have been confirmed in Atlanta and San Francisco among people who have recently traveled to areas where the virus is prevalent. The first positive case in the United States came on May 18th when it was detected in a person who had returned from Canada. Two different strains have been found in the United States with a vast majority of cases matching the same strain that's been found in Europe. Both strains are of the less severe Western African variant. Two different strains implied that there were multiple animal-to-human transfers of the virus that eventually led to the United States. All of the people who have gotten it have something in common. It's not that they're gay. It's that they've been in sexually compromising situations, typically with people who are not partners, but casually. That's just the truth. And people are dancing around it. And now you're getting Americans who are convinced that, oh my gosh, first we had COVID, now we've got monkeypox, we're all going to die. You're not going to die, and if you're not having random group anonymous orgy sex, you're probably not going to get monkeypox either. (sighs) We live in a fallen world. And the problem is people are so sensitive these days, we can't talk about this stuff. Think about, let's just, I mean, pivot back to the story of the uh, five baseball players. They just didn't want to wear pride logos. That's it. And members of the media are vilifying these five people as bigots for not wanting to go along with it. And that very same media that is vilifying five people who didn't want to wear pride logos are dancing around and refusing to talk about where the monkeypox is coming from and spreading, lest during Pride Month they disparage the gay community. All I ask is you give us the facts. Give us the facts. But think about this. Dave Weigel 
who's a reporter at the Washington Post, retweeted a joke some people did not find funny. He's now been suspended because the uh, members of the press who work for the Washington Post are so sensitive they were offended by the joke that all girls are bi. You just have to wait to find out if it's sexual or polar. That was basically the joke. And he had to be suspended for retweeting someone else's joke. He apologized. He deleted it. Still got suspended. And the very same reporters who get offended by that are the very same reporters who can't give you the full truth of a story because they're worried they might offend a community of people. And in offending the community of people, far be it for you to have the truth. They're more about not offending other people. And as a result, your trust in the media goes down and your willingness to believe the conspiracy theorists of America goes up because the conspiracy theorists and Offending everybody feel like they're telling you the truth. The media is not telling you. And really, who can blame you? There are a lot of options out there. If you're a self-starter and you want to invest on your own, it can be really confusing. And I'm delighted to tell you about SoFi because that's who I use. And now I've got them as an advertiser. If you're a SoFi user, uh, my gosh, you get all sorts of options, great research. You get the ability to invest in stocks, EFTs, crypto, plan out your retirement. Uh, more importantly, you got people you can call on. I mean, for example, um, I can use SoFi to buy stocks and EFTs and do the deep dive research if I need to and get complimentary financial planners ready to help answer questions. Uh, you can too, whether you're stuck on where to start or need help deciding what to do next. You can even save for retirement with traditional Roth and SEP IRAs. They have so many options. If you're into crypto, you can also explore crypto. They've got 30 available coins, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Cardano, Solana, Dogecoin, and so much more. But more importantly, they've got the number one ranked automated investment tool, their robo-advisor. It takes the stress out of building and managing a diversified portfolio without having to pay a bunch of experts to do it. I really like SoFi. Y'all, I've tried, you name it, and I probably tried it, and I settled on SoFi and think you will like it as well. Cut through the jargon, make investing easier with SoFi. Visit SoFi.com slash Eric to learn how you can win up to $1,000 in stock when you open an account. That's SOFI.com slash Eric. Brokerage and active investing products offered through SoFi Securities, LLC. Member FINRA. Pacific. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number 877-973-7425. Let's see. I can go to the phones. Here I'm going to go to Sharon. Welcome to the program, Sharon. Hi, Eric. Um, I had a quick question. I've been in and out of the car, so I've heard you in, in pieces. But you had said earlier that, uh, and we know the Democrats are in trouble, um, you had said something about um, uh, Warnock, but I, I'm wondering, I'm not seeing any ads, anything positive coming out for Herschel Walker. And I'm, I'm worried. Um, you know, I mean, I think too, there's a certain element of people that, um, got so sick of, of president Trump that anybody he recommends kind of like, uh, Purdue, um, is not going to have a, a shot. But, I mean, the thought of us not getting a Republican senator is scary. What, yeah, what are is. your thoughts on the fact that we're seeing nothing from Herschel Walker except that awful ad that shows him saying you can walk in a room and walk out and not have COVID? I mean, that's insane. <laughs> um, um, look, I, mean, I, I, I actually know. think that uh, we're, we're going to see an advertising barrage heat up. What the Republicans in Washington 
tell me is we're probably initially going to see more ads against Warnock than for Walker because Walker's name ID in the state of Georgia among both Democrats and Republicans is one, very high, and two, actually very positive, even among Democrat and independent voters because of his football ties. They're, they want to rough up Warnock and make Warnock radioactive in large part because they think Warnock's going to do that to Walker. And they're right. I mean, Warnock is going to savage Walker. Walker has a, a, a pool of goodwill with Republican voters and a pool of goodwill with independent voters by being the football star that he is. He's doing a lot of interviews uh, in smaller um, venues around the state. He's making himself accessible. I was at uh, the Red Phone booth in Atlanta last night, a, a cigar speakeasy, and some people were coming in from a fundraiser he had had uh, nearby. And um, Selena Zito of the... Um, of the what uh, New York Post and Washington Examiner. She's telling me she got some time with him the other day, had a very nice interview with him. She's very impressed. She wasn't expecting him to be as uh, deep and, and engaged as he was. So we're going to see that as well. And you're going to see a lot of Republican attacks on Warnock. I mean, look at the outside pack. There's a super pack that's been set up to help Herschel Walker. And they're the ones who gave the money out at gas stations in Atlanta. They are really, uh, they're engaged, the Super PAC is. They're engaged in building a pro-Walker story. They're engaged in building an anti-Warnock uh, story. But I would I would just say this, it's June. It's June. The election's November. Uh, if you engage right now while people are on summer vacation, half the people aren't going to see your ads anyway. So why spend them? People have just gotten out of kids have just gotten out of school. Parents are just going on vacation. So there's not a lot of reason to spend a ton of money right now. The fact that Raphael Warnock is spending as much money as he is spending right now is a tell that his polling for Democrats is terrible. You really don't want to spend a ton of money right now for a couple of reasons. One is it's summer and newly summer. A lot of people are out of town, and the Democrats still have major runoffs in the state of Georgia. Uh, there is a Democratic runoff for lieutenant governor, a Democratic runoff for uh, secretary of state. There are a variety of other Democratic runoffs, and the Democrats are paying attention to those right now. So even the Democrats are kind of drown, drowning out their own message. And again, it's summer. Uh, when I was a, a campaign consultant, you used to never do a lot during the summer because people aren't paying attention. You do more now, particularly with digital advertising. You can follow people around the country. Let's say you're you're from Georgia, but you happen to be in, I don't know, Hawaii, place I've never been. My assistant and her family went to Hawaii two weeks ago. I'm very jealous. But nonetheless, you're in Hawaii. You can still be targeted with your Georgia ads because they know you're actually from Georgia, even though you're watching in Hawaii. And you can, get, you can get away with that now. And you do get away with that, but you don't have to spend a ton of money in that regard. Uh, digital advertising is not nearly as expensive as broadcast advertising. And so just because you're not seeing the ads doesn't mean they're not there. They're just not there in massive quantity right now. And that's not a bad thing. Uh, give it a couple of months and we will all be tired of all the advertising. You know, uh, my buddy Rich McCormick, he's running for Congress. He's being uh, attacked right now. Apparently ads... 
uh, all over Atlanta about him being anti-gun. The man was a Marine. He's an ER doc. He's a Second Amendment advocate. He's a solid Christian guy, and I hope the people in the 6th Congressional District in Georgia uh, will support Rich McCormick. He's a super dude, uh, and I hate he's being attacked so negatively with a lot of false stuff. Uh, Rich McCormick is a solid Christian guy, strong Second Amendment guy, strong conservative guy, strongly pro-life. Um, and so I hate that they're being smeared against him. He's a good dude. I just want you all to know I've just put in the onion ring recipe by your demands tomorrow at around 1.35 p.m. The onion ring recipe will go out to everyone. If you want it, you need to text the word recipe, just singular not recipes, recipe to 33777, and you'll get it. Now, to the phones we go, 877-973-7425. Let's go to Denise. You're up next. Welcome. Hey, Eric. First of all, quick newsflash about monkeypox. And I want to say this to all the risky behavior people. Risky behaviors carry risk, hence the name. So now to my question. Uh, Let's say the red wave happens and Republicans take over the Senate and House. What can they do? What should they do between 2022 and 2024? Can they only simply stall the Biden administration? Oh, that's a good question. Um, So one of the things they can do is investigate this not out of the Biden administration. And there's lots to investigate, um, including some of the self-dealing within the Biden administration and uh, some of how the Biden administration undoubtedly people who would benefit from the student loan bailout are trying to organize Joe Biden to bail out student loans. The other thing they can do is budgetary restraint. Uh, Now, there'll probably be a government shutdown, and I'm okay with government shutdowns, uh, but the Republicans will be able to control the budget in the House of Representatives. Remember, appropriations coming out of the House of Representatives. And so the Republicans will lead there. They'll have to do continuing resolutions with the Democrats to keep government funded. But if they want to pick a fight on spending, which they are going to do, they'll be able to do it. Now, uh, the big things, Joe Biden will have a veto pin. Republicans will spend some time messaging. And in messaging, they will pass legislation they know will not pass, probably won't even get out of the Senate because the Democrats will filibuster. But if it does and Joe Biden vetoes it, well, they will have something to run on in 2024. There is not a ton that can be done right now uh, unless Republicans get to 60 in the Senate, which they can't do this year. They can't. If they sweep this year, Republicans very easily could get to 60 votes in the Senate in 2024. They've got a very good year coming up in 2024. If the Democrats hold the Senate now, they're going to lose the Senate in 2024 because the, the playing field benefits the Republicans then, given the seats that will be up. Republicans in the House, however, you've got to remember, uh, after Barack Obama in 2010 lost, he still had the Senate. He lost the House, but he had the Senate. Republicans were able to fight the Democrats and get sequestration where they, for the first time in living memory, actually rolled back the size and scope of the federal government. That was a big win for the GOP, and they've spent years squandering that win and then complaining about the win. But they have some measure of appropriations they can do. They can shut down the government and pick a fight on spending. But most importantly, they can investigate the executive branch. They can investigate what actually happened in Afghanistan. 
They can investigate what the Biden administration really knew about the supply chain issue. They can investigate uh, the Biden administration giving China subsidies for solar panels. They can investigate the Biden administration uh, and the, uh, the baby formula. They can do a lot of investigations and they can score a lot of points for the conservatives heading into 2024. Legislatively, there's not a whole lot they can do. Um, they will be able to roll back some regulation, but not a whole lot either with Biden in charge. So you got to get to 2024 and get a Republican president. Now, the question in 2024 is, do you go back to Donald Trump, who can only constitutionally serve four more years, or do you go with a Ron DeSantis, a Nikki Haley, a Tom Cotton, a Mike Pence, a Josh Hawley, uh, anyone else, any other Republican on the planet who could serve a full eight years? I think you would be smart to go for someone who can get a full eight years, not someone who is constitutionally would be stuck. At four years, your mileage may vary on that one. I want to talk about a subject that doesn't get talked about a lot anymore. Well, I, I, I shouldn't say that. There are people who talk about it, the conspiracy theorists who talk about it. There are people who make points, for example, that uh, Ghislaine Maxwell, we don't know anything about the, the customers of Jeffrey Epstein. Adam Davidson is a progressive he has worked for This American Life and The New Yorker, and he has an intriguing thread about the um, Jeffrey Epstein matter. He says, for example, in their investigation, um, there is no data to suggest anything other than Jeffrey Epstein committed suicide. There, there's no data. There's nothing contrary to urban belief that Jeffrey Epstein, uh, and you know, I've been in the camp that maybe like Christmas ornaments, he didn't hang himself, but he concludes that he probably did. But I want to read you a Twitter thread of his, this Adam Davidson. I wrote something provocative about how I know stuff about Jeffrey Epstein and can't publish it. I'll do my best to explain and reveal here. It provides, I think, a good lesson in why it is hard to publish stories about bad things done by the rich and powerful. First, just about everything I know has been published somewhere. It's in books or articles or interviews with victims or revealed in depositions. But yes, there are things I believe with good evidence to be true that I feel I cannot publish. These fall into a few categories. Category one, protecting the victims. We spoke to dozens of Jeffrey Epstein's victims and dozens of their lawyers. Many are simply terrified and don't want to speak. Others are willing to talk off the record and will confirm things others said, but beg us not to reveal their names. Others are represented by lawyers who want to win settlements and don't let them all talk. We chose to respect any victim's decision. We had to rely on the very few victims who were willing to talk publicly. This is why Virginia Gufre, I, I can't pronounce her last name, is so brave. Pretty much everything Virginia told us was confirmed by others off the record, but she's rare going public. The biggest issue is the victims we never spoke with. Epstein reportedly raped up to three girls a day for years. Most came once or just a few times. Their names are not known by anyone. That's thousands of victims who are invisible. The next circle of sources are the enablers. Over the decades of abuse, 
Epstein had hundreds of staffers, pilots, house staff, chefs, assistants. The vast majority will never speak or will offer weak denials or will only speak through lawyers. We covered one of these enablers, Adam Perry Lang, quite well, I thought. He was Epstein's chef for years and has become a Hollywood celebrity chef, best friends of Jimmy Kimmel. A few of these enablers would confirm details off the record. Then there is a few group of people, a huge group of people, who witnessed Epstein and fancy functions. They saw him with teenagers at scientific conferences or sitting on his knee at dinner parties. There are countless people like this. A few did talk to us totally off the record. Lastly, there are the people who allegedly either had sex with children or were around when others were doing so. They are all rich, they are all powerful, and they all simply deny and refer to their lawyers often with clear insistence that they will sue. The result is that for most of the claims, there is one witness willing to go on record. That witness, more often than not, is Virginia. I have full confidence in her recollections. We spent two years checking everything she said and never found a lie. But of course, the public are not kind to single source he said, she said cases. Virginia has already faced down and won against some very powerful people. But this is an absurd amount of weight to put on one person's shoulders. So I am not protecting the men who I feel very confident raped children or watched as others did so. I am honoring the victim's requests. Like all of you, I have hoped it would all come out by now. I'm shocked it hasn't. But here is what I feel confident in saying. If someone spent any amount of time with Jeffrey Epstein, at a minimum, they saw him physically touching girls in provocative ways and rather gleefully showing off his ability to do so. More than likely, they were offered sex with whatever their preference was. Epstein did employ, abuse, and traffic women who weren't underage, and many did have sex with girls or women. So all of the people who spent real time with Epstein were, at best, witnesses to the almost certain rape of children and had a high likelihood that they engaged in legal sex acts. Courts can presume innocent. We should all presume guilt. Donald Trump, Bill Gates, Bill Clinton, Bill Richardson, Ehud Barak, George Mitchell, George Church, uh, Ito, and a lot of MIT and Harvard. There's an enormous likelihood that at the very best, they spent a lot of time with a man they knew was abusing children. They saw him with those children. They saw naked photos on his walls, and many saw naked children around his pool. They knew, yes, of course, many participated, but they all knew. I'm not able to say the names of people I think participated without betraying victims, but these men should not be invited into polite society. They should not be celebrated on TV shows as experts on COVID or international relations or whatever. He goes on to say elite institutions like universities, museums, and other nonprofits sell a product to disgraced men, reputation recovery. They call it the halo effect. In Jeffrey Epstein's case, it was more awful. It was a central piece of his grooming apparatus. Most people who knew Epstein found him creepy, weird, and unpleasant. He had little actual interest in science and art, though he does seem to have had a genuine love of classical music. But being surrounded by elites was central to his victim recruitment. It was also key to his ability to crush his victim's willingness to go against him. How can you go against this rich man who was so tight with the biggest scholars, political figures, etc.? Epstein's awfulness was no secret. Many people report him visiting MIT's campus with a group of young girls in tow. Many professors and staff said MIT should not accept money from this clearly awful man. They knew. 
Perhaps the most shocking is Interlochen, a music camp for teens where Epstein was touted as a key supporter. He had his own house on the campus. He groomed victims right there. I'm not aware of anybody paying any price for this. I have heard from several people that Epstein would walk around the EDGE conference, this gathering of leading scientists with teenage girls. One scientist told me he was warned not to bring his own teenage daughter for fear of her falling under Epstein's evil. So these elite institutions were not innocent, passive recipients of charity from a man they later learned had an ugly private life. They knowingly participated in and gave him key tools to expand his decades-long system of raping and trafficking teenagers. Most don't bother giving any reply. Some, like George Church, give pathetic answers about nerd tunnel vision. Bill Gates is the best. He needed Epstein to help him find rich donors. Who would Epstein have access to that Gates wouldn't? I naively thought for a moment that this whole affair would lead to a fundamental reassessment of how elite philanthropy works, but it didn't. At the very least, these donations shouldn't be tax-free. MIT, Harvard, Interlochen, Edge sold something of enormous value to Jeffrey Epstein only they could offer. He makes the case repeatedly that um, with Jeffrey Epstein that Bill Clinton would fly on flights with Epstein and teenagers. Epstein's home in Palm Beach had nude photos of teenagers on the wall and often nude teenagers sunbathing. If they didn't participate in the crimes, a lot of these powerful men witnessed them. He has special scorn for Bill Gates, who's on a rehabilitation tour after his divorce, who very clearly uh, was around Epstein and whose own wife was creeped out by Epstein. I wanted to read you. This is Adam Davidson. Adam Davidson uh, works in the media. He works now for MasterfulStory.com. He worked for Planet Money and The New Yorker and This American Life. He's not a conservative guy. But I have to tell you, he's done a good job highlighting the Epstein story here in these Twitter threads, pointing out the reason so many people are not telling the stories is because a whole lot of very powerful people with very rich lawyers, very powerful lawyers, are threatening to sue. And a lot of the women who are so traumatized, they don't want to come forward and talk because they know they'll be sued and they'll be harassed and they just want it all to go away. Fact of the matter is, a lot of very powerful men surrounded themselves with Jeffrey Epstein. Jeffrey Epstein embedded himself in and ingratiated himself with a number of prominent nonprofits in this country. There should be a reckoning. There should be an accounting. And frankly, there probably will not be in this lifetime because so many of these people have so much money and can spend a lot on lawyers to silence, bully, and shame the victims. This, frankly, is one reason I take comfort in the doctrine of hell because while there may be no justice in this life, there will absolutely be justice in the next for Jeffrey Epstein, for his victims as well. And for the men who participated with him were new and did nothing. We haven't talked much about it. It has caused a lot of conspiracy theories to bloom. But oftentimes, there's no conspiracy here. There's a very simple answer. Rich men with money who have no God other than themselves who do very bad things. That's the most likely historic story. And Jeffrey Epstein, well... He met his maker, and I suspect it didn't go well. 
Now, in this lifetime, you have other worries that you have to deal with besides creeps and monsters. You have to deal with the economy. You have to deal with your retirement. And a lot of you are stressed about that. And I want to bring you a company that may be able to help you protect your retirement savings from the Carter-Biden economy. With 40-year high inflation and interest rate hikes, gas prices through the roof, if you've got $50,000 or more in your IRA, your 401k, or other retirement savings, your money could be at risk. I've never recommended precious metals before because we haven't had the Carter era economy, and now suddenly we do, and so it may be time for you to consider physical gold and silver. If you call my friends at Gold Co. at 855-904-5933, they're going to send you a free wealth protection kit to learn how to use gold and silver to protect and grow your money. Thousands of retirees are protecting their retirement savings. Many are getting $10,000 or more in free silver for doing it. Call my friends at Gold Co. Find out how you qualify for their offer, 855-904-5933. They've been helping thousands of Americans protect their retirement. Now, listen, if you don't have a pen and pad handy, this is very easy. Text my name, Eric, E-R-I-C-K. Text it to the number 33777. I will send you back Gold Coast phone number, 855-904-5933. Call them, talk to them, tell them I sent you. Call Gold Co. Again, just text my name, Eric, E-R-I-C-K, to 33777. I will send you their toll-free number. They are just one toll-free call away to give you, maybe if they're a good fit for you, some peace of mind with your retirement. Hi there. It's Eric Erickson here. It's too late for you to call in. We only have a few moments left. I I, want to give you a heads up on something that I'm trying to keep an eye on. The Supreme Court has some really big cases, and it is now June. June is the last month of the Supreme Court term. They will occasionally go as late as July 1st, and they may this time because they have about 30 cases left. Uh, This is the longest the court has gone without major case releases, and they'll do it this month, and I'm trying to keep up with them. Uh, They will happen usually 10 o'clock on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, not always, and Let me just tell you what's coming for perspective here. You got the Dobbs versus Jackson women's health case. That's the case that could undo Roe v. Wade. You have Biden versus Texas, where the court's going to decide if the Biden administration has to continue enforcing the migrant protection protocols uh, put in place by Donald Trump. That's the remain in Mexico rule where asylum seekers have to stay in Mexico. Uh, They're going to have the New York State Rifle and Pistol Association versus Bruin. That's the Second Amendment case. Uh, is whether or not um, to allow laws that regulate concealed carry licenses. Essentially, New York law requires people applying for a license to carry a concealed weapon to show they've got a proper cause, um, whether or not they actually have one or not, if they just want to carry it for self-defense, um, which they should, but New York requires specifics, and they rarely grant it. West Virginia versus EPA, uh, which is going to be over greenhouse gases. And Kennedy versus Bermonton School District, which should probably come this week, actually, over whether if government gives you vouchers for schools, can they restrict you from giving them to religious institutions? Five really big cases out of 30, and they're coming in the next few weeks, and we'll cover them as we get them, so stick around.